Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. It's a podcast about the church and for the church. And I'm Mike Shera, your host for today. And I'm here joined by James Holt, one of our pastors at Grace Church of Orange. How are you doing today, James? I'm doing well. Thanks, Mike. I know you are. You're doing well. We've been sitting here together for a while. We busted out a few other podcasts. And today, what we're talking about right now is life in the city of Orange. Now, some of you, uh, dear listeners, are thinking to yourself, city of Orange? I thought it was the county of Orange. Well, we, we are in Orange County, but there is actually a very old, historic, beautiful, wonderful city, multicultural, multi-generational city called the city of Orange is where Grace Church of Orange is at, where um, uh, I live in the city, where James lives in the city. Um, and we, we live in the city of Orange. And I want to we want to talk today about life in the city of Orange and particularly as it relates to Acts 1. And where, where, where Jesus said this, and let me just read it for us because it's a, it's a pretty sweet thing he said. In Acts 1, the disciples were coming to him, the apostles, and they were coming together and they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel, to Israel? So this is after the resurrection, so before the ascension, and they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replies, it is not for you to know so OGK, one of my favorite sayings, only God knows, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, and here's, here it is, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's when he was taken up as they were looking on, taken up, up into heaven. And, and, and then the two men standing by them in white robes, the two angels said, Men of Galilee, why you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. And it's like, okay, now let's go be the witnesses. <laughs> and here we are living in the city of Orange in 2023. And James, let's just talk. Let's just ramble along about what is it like to live in the city of Orange as a believer with eyes wide open, uh, knowing human depravity, but knowing we have some wonderful neighbors What's it like living in the city of Orange? I'm going to throw you a question first. Just what do you see when you go about your daily life in the city of Orange in terms of the needs? You know how Jesus says, look at the fields, they're white unto harvest. What do you see when you open your eyes and walk the streets of Orange and drive the streets of Orange? You know, we live in a, a pretty clean city. Um, but what, what we do see is a lot of people who are seeking purpose um, and a lot of people who are uh, pressed in the amount of uh, work and or effort that they have to put in to trying to live and survive in Orange County, in the city of Orange. Um, and so you, I, I think we, we come across a lot of people who, who have things that weigh on them. And sometimes those things are financial. Sometimes those things are have to do with family members. Um, and, and sometimes they, yeah, uh, or, or other relationships. And, and so people carry a lot of weight. And, and, and oftentimes, some, some in, in talking with people, even, even in short conversations with people, they, that weight will come out. I know Rebecca goes to like one of the mother stores in, in town or, um, and when she's going grocery shopping, like there's, there's a few ladies that just, they will share deep details of their life very quickly with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, hey, it's because these things are weighing them down. And oftentimes it's relationships and finances and, and other things and, and trying to deal with, with life. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think Orange, like a lot of 
a lot of cities is is people carrying a weight. Yeah, that, isn't that, it true? That they they walk with. It's so true. When I see the city and I and I and I drive through, I I see joy, I see hurts, I, I see neediness and openness. The other day I was I was needing to drop something off at a at a little storefront, um, something somebody needed to return and. I went in and it was just long line of people and they all kind of looked like they were in despair, you know, because I got to wait in line, you know, and I'm thinking, come on, you know. And then so I thought, well, you know, I've got to get somewhere else. So I'll come back when it's when it's not busy. And it was a pretty long line. And uh, as I was driving away, there was a guy uh, right in front of the Stater Brothers that was uh, all set up with a little uh, with a guitar and uh, yeah, a little guitar and an amp. And and uh, and he was as I was walking in, I heard him. I was walking out, I saw him and thought, good for him. I love the fact that he wasn't in a, like in the, the cool section of town. Yeah, yeah. It was just a mundane section of town and he just wanted to bless people with music and hopefully, you know, get some, some dollars and, and from people that want to give a donation or what have you. And, and he had a good voice he and did, yeah. yeah. And so I came back about, I think two or three hours later and I, and I walked in, did my thing and I'm driving by the guy and I thought, you know, I want to bless him. I want to bless him and give him something and. And uh, I saw that he was packing up, okay? And I, I drove past him, and I, you know when you're driving past and you're trying to like pull over, but there's a truck, there's a delivery truck here, and someone else is walking across, and, and it's like I had to keep moving. So I, I looped around the parking lot, and then tried to get, make my way back to him, and by then he was like almost walking away. And I, I had to kind of like pull in between him and a, and a delivery truck, and I'm like, roll down the window, and I'm like, hey, um, how long you were out here today? And he's like, oh, this long, and I said, did, how to go and he goes it was pretty good actually you know and i said well i just want you to know you know good job for coming out here and, and blessing people with this and he says you know um uh, a really key person in my life died uh, over the last year or so and uh, this person had taught me how to sing ah. and um anyway and i gave him i gave him something to bless him and and he just goes oh man god bless you and it was just kind of a sweet thing but i thought you know, the guy wasn't just sitting home alone doing nothing. He he wanted to be out near people. He wanted to do something of good to someone else and hopefully make a little money at it, you know. And and I think he was a blessing in that moment. I just thought, what a sweet thing in our city. And again, it wasn't downtown it wasn't in the in the in the orange plaza in the circle where there's all these cool stores and the, the circle and all this stuff. And if you saw a musician out there, you know, they'd kind of be more polished up, you know. Yes, yes. Well this guy was like in the middle of the Elmo's neighborhoods. Uh, Elmodina neighborhood near Elmodina High School and just in front of a supermarket, you know, and it, it, there was nothing like flashy about it. There was nothing fancy about it. I don't know. So, yeah. So I've got two more questions. Do you have, do you have something else you want to say, though? Oh, uh, well, I was I mean, just thinking about the city of Orange, the way we experienced most community in the city of Orange is by dog walkers. People mm -hmm. have dogs and people walk their dogs. Yes. And the people, you know, in your neighborhood are those who walk their dogs. Yeah. Um, we so walk true. our children. Um, <laughs> you put them have, on a leash? We have, we have enough. Wait, 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 wait. Not wait. on a leash. Not on a leash. <laughs> Only for their protection. Okay. We yeah. strap them into cars where they, seen, you know, the, they can't get out. I've seen but, groups at, at like Disneyland and stuff where they put a leash on a bunch of kids. Oh, yeah. I always feel really bad for those kids. I'm like, here, come to an amusement park and, and walk along with a uh, chain to someone else. You know, it's like, what? It's not fun. But, but hey. I mean, the key to getting to know people in Orange is is there you go. walking the streets, and you will the people you will know are yes. those who have a dog. So I've lived on my block for I think twelve years. You're a dog walker. I'm a dog walker. Mm -hmm. I'm a dog hiker, dog walker. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, so when we first moved into our house, I'm like, 
hey, everybody, we need a dog. <laughs> Everyone's got a dog except us. We got this big yard. Come on, let's get a dog. And so we got this dog. It's kind of a rescue dog. And I love Leela. And uh, everybody knows Leela. Everyone in the neighborhood knows Leela. And, and I walk her a lot. And we walk dogs with people sometimes. And it is so true. But to see your neighbors, right? Um, I, I love my neighbors. We have great neighbors. And my block is one of those blocks. There's 28 homes on our block. And or more than that, but actually 28 homes that were built by this one builder in the 70s and then some other houses. But everybody like is kind to each other, friendly to each other, and, and we're all different and stuff, but we all kind of get together. And, and what I've seen that's been sweet, and this is one thing I've seen that's like, wow, is there's been some older people living on our block, and we've had four or five people die over the last couple of years on our block. And um, the people, a lot of the people on our block, whether they're believers or not, will bring food over and help, but not like, oh, here's one, a one-time help. Um, I saw my neighbors help this, my friend Bob, who died of cancer, um, literally every single day they were over there and making him juices and doing all these things. And they were like, well, you know, he doesn't have any other family to help him right now. We're here as family. And the same thing happened with another family, another family. And it's like, wow, I love that. Um, here's another question, James. When you think of the city of Orange and you think of, you know, filled with people who are needy, what do you yearn for? For them, what do you yearn for? What's your heart just ache for them to know? Hmm. I mean, the gospel, because there's a lot of things you can do to help someone, um, and you can help them. It, you can help them manage relationships. You can help them manage finances. Um, but what is what? To what end does that that lead? If if they don't know Christ, to what end does that lead? If if they don't have a, a relationship with with the eternal God who created them, it's like uh, I mean, you're designed for something, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so that design, unless it's fulfilled, um, there's there's things that just are 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 empty, mm -hmm. and so that that knowing that that God has designed people for Himself and for His glory, and then redeemed them through Christ. Um, like that, that's the most transformative thing, um, for the, the weight that people carry. And, and, and so just relieving symptoms of a broken world isn't, isn't the full, the full help that, that people need, but, but giving them the hope that, that is in Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I yearn for people to know Christ and live for his God's glory now. Like I, I sometimes I see people, they're just drudging along and just trudging along. And it's like, you could have so much more in, in your life. Well, the thing that hurts the most sometimes is when you see someone and you think, what you get the impression that they think nothing of themselves mm -hmm. and that they don't think that their life matters at all. And then, and they're oftentimes the person that everyone's passing by. And my heart really goes out to that kind of person and to be able to say, you know, your life matters for something and you could be living for God's glory now. You know, believe in Jesus, you know, and, 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 and be saved. So, there's something else I want to bring up. This will be the last thing we talk about today, but as we think about living in the city of Orange, and again, listeners, you can apply this to everywhere we, everywhere you live, and wherever anybody lives. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna coin a phrase, and it's kind of a weird phrase. And as I wrote it down, I just wrote it down right when we were starting. I thought this is just weird, but I I know what I mean by it. And here's the question: How do we get out of the ignoring funk? <laughs> How do we get out of the ignoring funk? And I know James is nodding already, but I, I think here's what happens. 
when I drive, let's just say driving from home to Grace Church of Orange or or vice versa, driving from Grace Church of Orange home, I've got, you know, any number of routes I could take, but I there's two in particular I take and two or three. And I like to I like to pray through the city as I drive and and see what's what I'm seeing, but it's the same scenery. And what I find is I start ignoring certain parts of the city. So my 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 range gets very narrow, okay? And so there's places in Orange that I've never looked at. I haven't gone through every square inch of this city. Uh, we're not we're not a small city, okay? And we've got what a couple hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand people, or something like that, I, I think. Um, but what happens is you ignore things, and then even on the route I take, I ignore plenty. There's certain things I look at, right? A, a store that I like to go to, a gas station I go to, a um, a place where there's there's a I, I always pass by a group of men that are waiting there, hoping to get hired for some day labor type work. I I, I roll by um, some homes that I think are beautiful. Uh, some that I think are dumps, you know, and uh, and then I then I then I'm going by a smattering of people that are on bikes and walking, what have you. But what happens is, what I mean by the ignoring funk is, I ignore so much that my eyes could be open to, and then I like I might go to a different place in the city and go, wow, I need to be thinking about this more. I need to be more aware of this as a as a believer in this city that here's a need. So I guess I want to talk about how do we get out of how do we get out of the ignoring funk? Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. How do you come become aware of things you're unaware of? How do we get our eyes it's, open? It's a, yeah. difficult, it's a difficult one. I know. Um, I know. Because there's so much that we ignore that we don't realize. We're yeah. Ignoring as well. And it's, a, it's getting out of the ignoring funk rut. Yeah. Yeah, almost. Yeah. So do you have any ideas? Uh, walking a different path. I mean, you've already mentioned that one. Yeah. Uh, so, so doing something that's out of the norm and choosing to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but then even that will become the norm. Um, so regularly trying to think about the city as a whole too. I, I think um, trying to take it out of just what you're familiar with and, and realize there's a lot that's not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, okay. So do you have some ideas. Mike? Well, I have, I, I think yours is a great one. I mean, walk or drive a different path. Kind of get yourself, get your eyes on something else. There's only two things I can think of, and I feel like they're so hyper simplistic that you're all going to laugh at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, one is, okay, I have a tendency, if you think about the ignoring funk rut, I have a tendency, if I'm not in a good mood, and let's say I'm on a hike, I go on a hike almost every day, but if I'm on a hike, I, I pass a lot of people, okay? There's people coming my way and going my way, and if I'm, on, if I'm in a good mood, I talk to people. I'm in a bad mood or I want to be kept alone or I need to yes. go through my prayer list or I'm working on my sermon or I'm on a long phone call. I've literally been on hikes before where I'm on a phone call for an hour. Okay. And so on those things, I ignore everyone. But what on my best days, I say hello. Just a greeting, a smile and a greeting. Because sometimes, you know, the, the day that you're hating on people and, you, and, they, and there's nothing about them that causes you to think that way. It's just about you. Am I the only guy in the room like that? No, but it's like, uh, but then like, I don't want to talk to anybody kind of thing. I'm in moods like that sometimes, but then other times I'm like, I want to say hello to every person. And I'm the guy who wants every person to be greeted, you know, usually in my best, better moments. But I guess the second part, and this is where I have to count the cost is ask a question or make a comment or say something that will give something back. But the problem is that means I have to invest some time with the person. 
And oftentimes I want to be private in those moments when I'm hiking or whatever. So I'm finding that in my better moments, if my eyes are open to people and I say hello, but then follow it up with something that could create a conversation if, if they so desire. And I think that's the one thing that I think I have found that every once in a while, that's a really good thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is helpful um, because that's, that's an interaction. And it is, it's a, it's, a, it's a weight that you're deciding I'm going to spend myself um, in, this, in this way. Um, and so having a, I, I think part of that is having a plan for that too and thinking, hey, uh, Lord, I know I have this much time. I would really like to like, hey, open up the opportunities that you desire. I'm going to be faithful to ask a few questions and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and try that out today. And then seeing also, like, I think it's, it's really helpful to like recognize other people do this and how do they do that? Because yes. it might, there might be some, some ways that you can learn from others and how they interact with people yes. and the questions they ask that initiate some of those conversations that help you become aware, not just that that person is walking on a path, but who that person is, yes. what weight they might be carrying, as we talked about earlier, and how, how God might be already at work in their heart, uh -huh. drawing them to himself, um, that then, then hey, there's, a, there's a, a gospel opportunity. That's right. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm good at the, uh, the brief uh, interaction comment with neighbors. We, I, all my neighbors uh, know who I am. Yeah. I'm not as good with the 30 to 45 minute talks. You know what I'm saying? Like, except with my Are next- Are you good at getting yourself into those things? And then you're like, whoa, this, this took no. a little longer than I thought. No, I've, I've learned how to fence myself from yeah, those. Yeah, so, yeah. so for example, my next door neighbor, Quinn, he and I, we can talk about anything and he and I are good at talking with each other and we know when we need to move Welcome on. the podcast, Quinn. Yeah, Quinn, I love Quinn. Quinn, Quinn uh, Kinnebrew, and I love that man. He's such a good guy. Uh, but I have another neighbor. I won't give you names on this one, but I, I, I count the cost and I sometimes ignore them because I realize it's going to be 30 to 45 minutes of a rant, uh, not against me at all, but just a, just yeah. a thing. And so that's a time commitment mm -hmm. where Quinn and I, we can just talk, you know, and my other next door neighbors, the same way, Alex, I can just have a good talk with him. Um, but it's, it's, there's one neighbor in particular that's like, I know if I, if I start, if I open the door, I have to then walk away down the street and say, okay, I got to get going. And then he'll follow me and then get to my front yard and he'll still be there. And it's like, and he just has more time than I do, you know? And, um, but I love, like, I have some neighbors. I have a neighbor up the street, D, and he is the sweetest dear man. And he and I can just have a nice 10 minute talk real quick and we'll have it every once in a while. And he's just, we just have this great rapport, you know? Mm -hmm. And my friend Roger, uh, he's my Roger Frick, who's a pastor up the street, man, he and I can go on hikes together and you know, all this. And then, you know, others, I, I, I can name my neighbors, Jason and, uh, and um, Corey, and we just have some good talks. But I, I know that like all of us, we know like in all those relationships, we're like, we're neighbors, but we need to get to somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, but there's one neighbor in particular that doesn't need to get to somewhere else. And so that's the one where I'm like, I always feel so selfish. I'm like, I should be caring more about this person and just budget the time. God put me on this block for a reason. And I used to budget more time for him. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think I need to, I've, I've felt convicted of it recently because I found myself like not making eye contact <laughs> so anyway so i'm just exposing myself you can pray for me um let's bring it to a close james what other thoughts do you have uh, just anything in general about living in the city of orange what do you love what do you what are you praying for what, what is it you know i did have one thought in the in the sense of of like sometimes we, we live in a bilingual culture and, and there's many different languages 
Um, and the same thing, like as you were talking, you were saying, hey, you say hello and you smile. Uh, and, and that is the same thing you do cross-culturally. And it communicates so much. Like it, 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 it breaks down some barriers or any, any sort of question and communicates to the person, hey, I care about you. I see you. Even if they don't understand a word that you've said, the smile, uh, it, it communicates mm-hmm. a lot. And, and so we can do that you know, at church with people who might not speak. We, we might not speak the same language they do. Uh, you know, that smile right. does that. It does it in our neighborhood. Um, God gave you a smile, and it's an effective communication tool. So true. Oh, that's a great place to end. Everybody, give somebody a smile today, and uh, and pray for their for their eternal soul. Well, um, this is going to end the podcast for today. But uh, think about your own city, listeners, uh, where you live, and maybe maybe hopefully some something we said today could be helpful to you as you uh, as seek to to live to the glory of God in the, in a geographical location that he has placed you anyway thanks for joining us for the ordinary church podcast today podcast about the church and for the church and until next time we love you we're praying for you